0: You're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you in some small way will be blessed and transformed by this message.
1: a little bit differently over over summer. Um, Just a different kind of uh, style of service and preaching. And this morning, what we thought would be kind of a a cool thing, hopefully, to do is we're going to have a bit of a conversation, me and Dan, on the back of some of the stuff that we've been talking about in parables. So, uh, Dan, do you want to come up? And we'll just... (laughs) Do you want to go there? So, one of the things, like... Sometimes, you know, as you know, I teach theology, I lecture, and, and one of the things I, I like doing is sitting down with students and we get to uh, just talk about things and open things up. And I guess that's one of the things we wanted to do here this morning. Um, you've heard us talk before about, if you've been around, and we've, we've talked about like the flavor at New Life. And one of the things in that is about that gritty reality. And, you know, sermons, you know, they, they can have that kind of you know, you package things up, and, eat, and here's the three point. But if I'm preaching, it's three points anyway. Um, I know not you everyone just get one from me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, me and Dan were talking the other day just about like sometimes you feel you want to caveat because you know we realise you know you preach a message on forgiveness, and there's loads to unpack with that because it's not just so straightforward. And here's the three points, and off you go. Um, so having a conversation, kind of gives us an opportunity to do a bit of that and open up some of those things and 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 delve into it a bit more. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Um and I hope that's okay for everyone. Um me and Dan we can talk a lot. So if by like 12 <laughs> if at 12 o'clock we're still here just talking
0: theology, you know, just go get your donut, all right? What what <laughs> we'll do is we'll do it like the Oscars. So if we've run over time, Sam, you just come up and start playing us on yeah. and we'll just yeah, we'll just move on. It'll be fine. It's start fading. The microphones down from the back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we we won't be that
1: long. Don't no. worry, don't worry. All right. So so we've been doing parable series. You might have been here for for all of it, um, or just a part of it. So we've done Prodigal Son, Lost Coin with Sam. We've done Wedding Banquet. We've done Good Samaritan. So we've done some of those kind of classics that we probably all know. Prodigal Son and Good Samaritan are like two that even without being in church, we're probably aware of, like, that's a a parable I know. Some of them might have been a little bit more unfamiliar to us. Um, But even with those familiar parables, hopefully we've brought out something a bit different. Um, You know, it's very easy, like, oh, prodigal son, I know that. And yet, when Elena was bringing out the points, it's actually, there's a bit of a focus on the older brother as well and the faithfulness there. So hopefully there's been some stuff to get into. But Dan, sort of, just to kind of start us off, kind of what, have, what has stood out to you from the, the
0: whole series, really, other than, like, my sermon and... Um... <laughs> so, I mean, we'll, we'll maybe come back to, to some of yours, Mark, but um, some of the, I think... So for, for beginning, like, so we've, we've focused on parables for something like eight weeks, just over two months, I think it is. We've been kind of dipping in and out of these stories of Jesus. So in those eight weeks, you go, well, surely there's just eight parables. Well, sometimes, yes, but we've kind of alluded to or mentioned others to help us work through those. So I think we've yeah. touched on maybe a dozen different yeah, parables yeah. across a two-month period. And the thing that stood out, I think, the most to me, not just from the points that the preachers have brought and the teaching team have done a phenomenal job, I think, over the last couple of months. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. So one of the things that stood out to me kind of almost like as a theme across the parables of Jesus, um, as we've been listening, as we've been hearing, and as I've kind of gone back to read over them again, is just how ordinary these stories are, Mm. right? These are, these are stories that Jesus has crafted, Jesus has told, he's, he's made them up, right? These are made-up stories by mm-hmm. Jesus, and yet they're all grounded in aspects of that gritty reality. Yeah. yeah. Um, with just some of the most normal, mundane things that you could ever hope to hear in a story. It would be like me starting a story going, oh, one, one day a man went down to Aldi. <laughs> You're like... Uh, and then what? Like, uh, well, and then God broke into time and space and did something that wasn't expected. But that's not how we expect trips to Audi to go. Mm. And kind of one of the things that I've just been reflecting on again is just maybe, maybe I should become uh, more aware, more prepared, perhaps for God to move or to be revealed in the ordinary stuff yeah. of every day here and now, not just in the days of Jesus. But actually, do I expect to see... If I'm, if I'm driving through, you know, the Isle of Axome, you know, big kind of uh, agricultural setting, and there's a, there's a tractor out sowing seed, do I think, goodness, there's an illustration of how God's moving in my world today? Mm. Or I just think, goodness, I've been stuck behind this tractor for the last 15 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's harvest time, right? So that, that happens more and more. And so you just think, actually, if these were if these were prompts for people, not just as the story's been told, but as they go out then and they see a sower throwing some seed, or they see uh, a a father out with two sons, or they see these things played out in real life, I wonder what was prompted in them to reflect on their own life and to see God moving in their life. And then for us today, you know, am I prepared to see, am I looking to see God move in the ordinary stuff of every day, not just the extra ordinary stuff of everyday. does that make sense
1: yeah yeah Uh, yeah and you you know you think they're not very like deep then are they you know and sometimes you're like oh I want the real deep stuff and Jesus just draws on these everyday things as a way of then like drawing people in it was stuff that they could grab hold of it's stuff that they understood and they knew this was the world they were in and they can take it and they can apply these things yes. uh, to their lives. And I think that sense of awareness, I love that idea that, you know, just, just being aware of God in everyday moments. <laughs> um, we can come on a Sunday and, and, you know, we're sort of, we're switched on. We're, we're tuned in yeah. because, well, it's church. Uh, you know, sometimes, and, and this is a thing, you know, we've challenged people with before. We go to conferences or that kind of thing. I use to at conference and they'll come back, I'm sure. And it's absolutely fine. There's loads of stories of how God has spoken to them. But let's... God doesn't speak more at a conference, <laughs> did you know? It's just that sometimes we're a little bit more switched on at a conference because we're like, oh, this is, this is the place. Yeah. Okay, and there's a great preacher or something that's going on. So we've got this heightened sense of expectation and anticipation that, oh, God's going to move in this. But actually, God has something to say to us every day through these, these everyday, everyday things. And yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the ordinary, like you say. Yeah, and I think, I think on, uh, you know, going on with that, on from that as well, is that the sense that these were people, the, the 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 crowds that Jesus was speaking to, and I just, I just find it fascinating. I don't know if you sort of pick this up, I, I, I kind of how I imagine it in the Gospels, you know, they're just following Jesus, you know, <laughs> if you don't got a job to do, you know, and yeah. suddenly, you Somewhere know, like, so think. you get, you get the, the, the 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 feeding of the 5,000, it's like, they'd follow Jesus, and, well, they can't go home, and, oh, well, I didn't bring any food, and sort of, like, is this a normal thing that happens, it just, oh, there's 5,000 people following me, and I've got no food, or, Oh, yeah, I probably should have bought something, you know. So, uh, um, but, you know, but they're just people who were hungry. Uh, where was I going with all this? They were trying to make, they're trying to make life work. Yeah. It's like they were just people like us just inviting God and, and, and finding ways of, oh, there's a truth there. Mm-hmm. We were talking a little bit about, you know, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus says, you know, uh, this is how you should pray. And it's the sort of thing that we know, we might have grown up with it, as children, we say the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, hallowed. Okay, hallowed, hi. thy name, you see, because oh, yeah. I, I, there's some <laughs> things that you can't not do in King James language, and that's one of them. Um, and it's, it's patterned. And, and, mm. But when you realize, and, and one of the things I like I do a lot in my study is dig into the social world and understand how people were living. And when you realize that... Uh, um, most of the people in that time were at subsistence level, as in they, they were living day to day. They yeah. just, and, and life expectancy wasn't great. Uh, you know, I don't want to put a number on it because people might be, um, but kind of, you know, 40, 50 was sort of old age. Yeah. Um, you realize Infant when...
0: mortality was huge. Yeah. Well. yeah.
1: So when Jesus says, pray, give us today our daily bread, yeah. this isn't a... just a spiritual thing. It was a, Lord, we need you to (laughs) provide for us today. (laughs) This is the here and now, and we need our daily bread. But also that sense of longing and expectation, your kingdom come. And And I think the songs, one of the songs we were just singing there about spirit break out, heaven come down. There's that sense of longing and hope for the future, but also in this moment, God, I just need you to provide for me today, yeah, uh, and maybe there's things in that
0: no definitely I think you 've seen that consistently across the parables that tension of the now and the not yet mm. so we 've talked about them um, as real everyday stories that Jesus is telling you know it, these would have been things that people could have seen as they'd gone out on their weekly shop right um, or their daily shop perhaps yeah <laughs> um, and yet they reveal something to us of the way in which the world is either meant to operate or operates in the reality that uh, I guess is is defined by Jesus, right? So mm-hmm. Jesus is coming to bring us, and not just to bring us a new reality, to be, but reveal to us the way in which things have always worked, if only we had eyes to see, mm-hmm. right? And so I think sometimes, and perhaps these are some of the best moments in preaching, or some of the best moments that have occurred across our parable series as a whole, is you know those moments where you go, ah, oh, I knew that, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that. Does that make sense? We go, Do you know, I... I I've never heard it said like that, but I know that to be true. Just that sense of something that you go, no, actually, God, that is the way the world works, and yet I've never thought about it like that. And I think those, for me, are some of the uh, parables—the power of parables, not just for the now, Mm. but for the not yet, because it gives us that snapshot view into the world as God intended, right? Mm. And not just the world as God intended, but it's gone horribly wrong, isn't that a shame? But the uh, the world that God is bringing about in time and space, mm. in here and now. These are like grounded stories, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Mark? What stood out to you from parables?
1: Um, well, I think one of the, yeah, one of the the things, that, well, a couple of things. One I'll, I'll, I'll throw out and then we'll get into an, a, another aspect of it. But I think, you know, Good, good Samaritan, you know, a, a parable that we, we know, we hear, um, and we're aware of it. And yet that challenge of, would I be like that? (laughs) And you think, yes, I would. And yet... We would all like to be like that. (laughs) Yes. And yet, maybe it's just me. And uh, please don't think bad of me if if it is just me. But I I wonder if sometimes I am like the other two in that story. Like there's somewhere to be, somewhere to go. Um, And I guess... You know i sort of see this because because when I'm, I'm traveling across to manchester for work and i get off the train at the train station head up to work and down the road i pass any number of homeless people um and they're asking for for money and things and i mean unfortunately in this kind of day and age they need a card reader is uh, which i realize is a, is a challenge um but it, yeah. You know, okay, it might not be money, but are there other things I could do? But am I actually thinking, oh, I've got to get there, got to get on my yeah. way? And that's that sort of, like what I was saying, there's there's the longing for the, the kingdom to come, but I can bring the kingdom now. Um, but that means paying attention to the people who are, here and now. who are here and now. Yeah, and, oh, well, someone else will do that. We'll set up a, a ministry to do that. Mm. Don't need a ministry to help the the homeless necessarily. I mean, obviously, again, caveats. We need to be careful and sensible and wise. But actually, there were there were things that we can do, and I, I think sometimes we just yeah. So there's that challenge personally for me, and uh, maybe it resonates with others that just that. Oh, I've heard this parable so many times, but this is the simplicity. The simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity of the kingdom is: would I will I pay attention to that person? Yeah. You know, one of the of the parables, the 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 beggar at the gate, uh, um, yeah, the rich man and Lazarus, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, are we going to pay attention to the poor person at our gate and, and that kind
0: of stuff? So that's just wait for eternity for things to be made. Yeah, alive. yeah, yeah.
1: No, yeah, definitely. You know, I,
0: I think I think there's something about the pace of life that we're trying to live, right, within society at the moment. I don't know about you guys, but kind of. Uh, coming coming out of COVID and coming back into, like, real life, and <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, I suddenly go, goodness me, like, was I trying to move this quickly before? Yeah. Like, it just seems to me that as... And maybe it's just being a parent now in comparison to before, before lockdown, um, where you go, goodness, there's just a whole lot of other stuff happening at, at the pace of a two-and-a-half-year-old, which the Lord knows, is, a, is, is like a speed uh, that certainly is a 32-year-old GI. I haven't moved that speed for probably about 30 years. Um, but I don't know. There just seems to be this speed at which we're trying to live day to day, almost like in this frantic, hurried kind of reality. Much like you say, kind of you, you get you've, you've got your routine, you've got your set, you've got your timings that I need to be here for this time and this for this time and this for this time. And I think sometimes simply trying to live at that pace prevents us from... Slowing down enough in order to be able to spot the lead yeah. in front of us. It's interesting you say about that, right? So I think it was Duke Divinity School, so one of the largest theological colleges out in America, um ran a like a social scientific study uh, about 15 years ago. It was about the time that I was at Bible College, um and uh, basically they set up a scenario. So there was morning chapel each morning, um which is normal for kind of Bible colleges and that sort of thing you've got to be in chapel for a certain time there's a register and you know marks against your attendance um, but what they did in this particular morning is they uh, they set up like a scenario in the car park uh, of like somebody would fallen over or somebody was ill or somebody needed some help and watched to see how many like ministers in training, <laughs> like rushed, to, because we've got to be in chapel for such and such a time, or I'm preaching, or I'm leading, and, uh, and the statistics were overwhelmingly unfavorable, right, like, yeah, um, because they just, we realized then, I think, and this is, was what the study showed, is that with all the will in the world, for those of us that have been called by Jesus, we seem to be focused on the thing that he's calling us to in the future, Yeah, and even if we're focused on that good thing, the thing that he has called us to, that can sometimes interrupt our ability yeah. to spot somebody in the here and now not just yeah. in the future even in the moment of preparation i just thought that was really really interesting because you go goodness if it's true of bible college students uh, who really we would like to hope right, yeah. uh, hold ourselves yeah. <laughs> to a higher standard perhaps um perhaps not but uh yeah you that go was... goodness if it's true of them maybe it's true of us as well
1: yeah yeah, I, I think it's just, that's one of the things I'm, I'm trying to learn. I, I think some of it is rhythm and busyness. And again, you know, one of the sermons I preached earlier in the year about Genesis and how we were doing purposeful, purpose for creation and, and things like that. And just the rhythm that God has set in place, yet we live in a very in busy world busy life things happen and I think it's just this is kind of aside from the parables now but it's one of the things that I'm trying to learn is slow down yeah enjoy today (laughs) enjoy God in this moment and and get the rhythms and get the habits which we might come on to in a moment um just uh, yeah of actually we could be so focused and it was a a lot of our language you see and certainly when when I was in in Bible college and training when I did my undergraduate you know we had a lot of language about vision and the future and where you're going to be and what's the five-year plan and what's the 10-year plan and you know maybe it's just a shifting of the seasons or a shifting in my life but I'm like I think I just kind of want to enjoy now, and not be so focused on where I'm going, yeah. um, but focused on God. What are you doing in my life today? And and some of yeah, that is not, is really. having having the right approach to life, but also the right rhythm into all of that. And I think that's a continual yeah. tweaking in this sort of 24/7 uh, mad, crazy, yeah, yeah, mad mad life that mad world that we live. And, and so we have to be more intentional about those those things so yeah uh letting those things crowd in I think one of the things that particularly stood out to me and uh it was uh, when you preached on the power of the sower which actually the sower really that's kind of a secondary character (laughs) that's not the main point the main point is the soil or the seed that's thrown and we can pick up on things but you were talking about the condition of your soil and I know uh, then at the end of the service I shed some things on the back of that just about you know I guess most of us probably think actually i'm not you know we're not terrible in a terrible place, but actually we we're, we're doing okay, but still we've got to look after the condition of our heart the condition of our yeah. our soil, and I don't know if there's anything kind of you wanted to add into that or just pick up on on sort of looking after yourself
0: and yeah, sure, I think. I think I shared at the time, I, I came to a realisation earlier this year that I, I wasn't as familiar with the condition of my soil as I thought I was. And maybe there's, um, I you know speaking to a number of people after the service, you're like, hey, I thought it was just me, right? Um, the, the, the good news in one sense is that it's not just you. I think a lot of us, uh, maybe it's a, a reaction from lockdown, maybe it's a whole host of things of, of coming out and back into the world again and going, actually, there's, there seems to be a whole lot of stuff that I've just collected over the years that, that I don't really know what to do with. Um, and I think, so, yeah, as I, as I said at the time, that had kind of been a part of my, my story, I guess, this year. Some of the things that God had been challenging me to was um, not just to get to know the condition of my soil, but to start to, I guess, recondition my soil. You know, we talked about the time kind of farmers when, when they, um, they realise... So one of the things that you, you may know, you guys have grown up, If you've grown up in Scunthorpe, you've grown up, although in an industrial town, but really within an agricultural setting in terms of North Lincolnshire, um, farmers will practice crop rotation, right? They'll move Mm. plants from one field to the next, to the next, to the next. It's because each plant uses a specific makeup of nutrients in the soil. And so if you only ever grow the same plant in the same place, I reckon after about three or four years, it might be slightly more depending on the plant, um, the field will struggle to support that plant even though it's grown really successfully there for a number of years, because it's drained those nutrients from the soil. You're nodding at me, good. Right, so so what do they do, right? So they rotate crops so that they can add nutrients back into a soil or use different nutrients that are found in the soil with a different plant. And I just think the same is true of us as human beings, right? I wonder whether, and I've been reflecting on this more over the last month or so as you've seen sort of farmers back out in the fields again of going, actually, God, you've grown some really good stuff in my life. Now, there might be a whole lot of stuff in my soil that I'm coming to an awareness of and realizing there's more stones that people have lobbed in over the years for all that sort of stuff that we talked about. But actually, God, you have grown some really healthy things in my life over mm. the years. So why is it that these healthy things are struggling to be sustained over time? Well, maybe it could be one of two things. It could be simply crop rotation, right? That within the field of the church, God is moving a fruit out of my life and into somebody else's life, right? Or it could be that actually there's an absence of nutrients in my life that I need to pour something back into my soil Mm. in order to sustain growth on an ongoing basis. And not just sustain growth, but to sustain, ultimately, fruit. Because that's the point, right? Um, We've talked a lot about growth and fruit, I think, not just in parables, but in, in church over the years. it will be language that if you've grown up or been around church for, for more than five minutes, you'll have heard this sort of thing. And part of my worry is, is where if we focus on growth, I think we celebrate too early. I've got two fruit trees in my garden. I've got a cherry tree and a plum tree. Um, the plum tree is a really aggressive grower. Like it, it will put out a few feet of growth per year, and it's only a small tree. Uh, and so what do I do? I prune it back every year because I don't want a massive tree in my garden. It's not that big of a space. But I don't celebrate when it grows. I celebrate when I see plums. Because mm. <laughs> that's the point of the tree. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and if, if it all it ever did was grow and grow and grow and never bear any fruit, yeah. do you know I'd get a different tree? Yeah. Right? And You go, goodness. And so I just, part of me worries, not worries, but wonders, perhaps, as we talk about growth and as we celebrate growth within church, I wonder whether we're celebrating a little bit early. If we just held on one extra season, whether we'd be able to celebrate Mm. fruit. Um, And so, yeah, I just wonder that in my own life as I think about the condition of my soil in this season and as... um, as I look at things that have grown healthily and have perhaps moved out of my life, you know, well, why is that? Is there a nutrient deficiency, or is it simply crop rotation? That no. it's now somebody else's turn to bear that fruit in their season. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I mean, all the, it takes—it takes time. You're like I, I, before you get the fruit, you yeah. need the growth, yeah. and uh, in that sense, and growth—growth growth takes time. And I think we're not always. Good at giving it time, and certainly in a church context, we can focus a lot on growth. Um, Sort of switching the illustration. I mean, it doesn't quite work so much now because my son is getting bigger, and he'll soon be as tall as I am. So it's. But like when he was a baby, you know, if uh, if he'd or when he was a toddler, if he'd come down one day and suddenly he's like he's six foot tall, I'd be like, (laughs) something's gone, something's wrong (laughs) wrong here. Um, it's sort of in church, we kind of like, oh, let's celebrate the exponential growth. It's like, no, 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 because things grow in their time, in their in their way, to their capacity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, what we're looking for is fruit and fruitfulness, ultimately, and that isn't always then a matter of growth, but reproducing and having something that we can sow elsewhere. And but yeah, on the on in terms of the condition of the soil. So yeah, I mean, in our own personal growth. Sometimes the things that God needs to do in our lives take time. Yeah. And, and, and we do want to kind of get to the, the final stage. So if I can encourage us with anything, it's allow God the, the, the time and the space to do his work. And I think that's the thing with looking after the, the, the condition of the soil is, is yeah, just giving, giving it the time that is necessary. Um, so where we used to live, the other side of the Humber where the soil is not as good. Did you know this? I, I have been told, and I don't know if it's true, that one of the reasons the Humber Bridge took longer on one side than another was because it was harder to dig over on the Hull side than apparently the Lincolnshire side. But I don't know if that's no, true. Do. But certainly the soil is very clay-like. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I tried to sort of do a bit in our garden and, and grow some grass, but I just rushed the process. And I did not spend the time <laughs> in order to make it, you know, I don't know what I would have done, to be honest. I'm not much of a gardener. You know, things grow or they but don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> and in the garden we've got at the minute, must be the Lincolnshire soil. Things grow, okay? Yeah. So uh, I'm so glad for all the little things I can borrow at Graham's there at the back. I'm so glad for the strimmer and the hedge trimmers that we can borrow from church. Yeah. Um, but it rushed, and that grass was never going to grow yeah. uh, because I hadn't taken the, the time over it. And I think it's allowing the space for God to do what is necessary yeah. um, in, in your life. So sometimes, actually, there's things that need to happen in me um, in order for fruitfulness to come, whatever it might be, for the for the next thing. Um, and just commit yourself to that process. Um, and whatever that process may look like, and I think one of the things you were drawing out is that might be people around you, in church, small group, but it actually might be more sort of professional in the sense of going and speaking to someone who yeah. can actually help you work through things. We've all got stuff. We've all got rocks. And if I feel like we're switching all the analogies and metaphors Mixed here. Metaphors but a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but if you can follow my logic here, you know, we've all got stuff in our lives. We've all got the stones, the rocks, they can inhibit growth, and some of, it, some of that's not going to move just by willpower alone. Some of it we need to actually, I've got to spend a season here talking about it, working through some of that yeah. stuff. Yeah,
0: No, definitely. And I think like you talk about, kind of, so what can we do to improve the condition of our soil? Right? Yeah. Um, and like you say, seeking professional help or advice may be one of those things yeah. that we can do. But actually, I think we've got a great heritage as Christians, and some stuff that we perhaps uh, either forget or neglect to our peril. So we talk a lot about... So John's Gospel, right? Jesus uh, talks about himself as being the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah? Familiar with that sort of phrase? Mm -hmm. I I wonder whether we've focused so heavily on Jesus being truth and life that we've forgotten Jesus of way. Mm. And not just Jesus is the way or the gate through which we access the Father, right? although that is true. But if you look at the model of Jesus' life as the way in which... I guess, Jesus intended lives to be lived. You go, well, actually, what, is, what are the habits and behaviors? What are the, the spiritual practices that Jesus keeps? Because right? mm. if he needs to keep them as the son of God, right? mm. chances are they're going to benefit me as well.
1: Because
0: mm, mm. I'm, I'm not the son of God. Okay? So you go, if Jesus is fully God and yet needs or keeps these habits and practices as a way of self-conditioning his own mm. soil, yeah. then how much more do I need it than him? and i think over the years and this has been my experience in church so you may have a different experience to me but my experience in church we've talked about spiritual practices and we've basically reduced that down to spending 15 minutes in prayer Mm -hmm. uh, and then like 15 minutes reading your bible and those things are great please do them (laughs) but then that's not it That's not the the totality of these practices that Jesus has modelled, not the totality of the practices that Jesus, I think, has given to us as a means of his grace. And what I mean by that is that all of these spiritual practices, whether it be things like solitude or silence, um, corporate worship settings like this are a spiritual practice, a spiritual discipline classically. All of them are a means of grace, not because they do something to us, although some of them do, but because they create space within our life for God to fill. That's the point of all spiritual practices. The point of reading your Bible on a daily basis isn't so that you can get to the end of the year and go, hey, I read my Bible this year, right? But to create space within your life, and all of us have already acknowledged the hectic and frantic pace that we're trying to live, or the way in which our schedules are becoming increasingly crammed. Is that fair to say? And so what does pausing for 15 minutes, for half an hour, for an hour, Mm. to read your Bible do? Other than the fact that you can say, at the end of the day, I read my Bible today. It creates space. That's Mm. all it does. Mm. Mm. It creates space for God to fill.
1: Mm.
0: And so if you think about the condition of my my life, right, Mm. the condition of my soil, and we're going to stick with the gardening metaphors. So if you're just completely foreign to all of this, do come and chat to me afterwards. I'll see if I can find a different... A different parable uh, to to work with you on. If I'm going to add some stuff to my soil, I've got an allotment at home, you guys know that. If I need to add some nutrients to some fertilizer, what's the first thing I do? I dig it. I'll get my spade and I'll dig a few holes in it. Why? Because when the nutrients comes, I want to be able to put the nutrients in some space. Mm -hmm. It's going to need to occupy some physical space in that land in order for that to then be spread throughout the hole. And so as you look at your calendars and maybe as you're planning your week, I don't know about you, I tend to start thinking about Monday to Friday on Sunday night, kind of it, it helps me. Some of you are like, that's the worst thing to do because then I just don't sleep on Sunday night. Um, so whether it's Sunday night or Monday morning, whatever your practice is, think about your time this week and go, actually, is there physical representations in my calendar this week where I can approach those times, whether that be times in prayer, times of Bible, you can go, do you know what, God? This week, would you fill that space Mm, mm. in my life? And by doing so, I'm going to trust and believe that you are going to pour some things back into my soil Mm. and just see what grows. Mm, mm. How does that sound?
1: Yeah.
0: I know it's a bit of homework, but, you know. Good homework. Yeah, good homework. Yeah, because I
1: think, yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, this is one of the things, yeah, I often encourage people with as well. Yeah, that, that creating space. Yeah. We we are in a 24/7 world. We 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 did, you know, used to live without a mobile phone, a smartphone, and emails that we can access all the time. And uh, that's just one of the things, or Netflix, or anything else that we might do that fills that space. But actually, also for us, for some of us, it's work. It is just, you know. So I know if I go in into work and have, i I've got like meeting, 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 you know, and I've got. Task after task after task. There's no space. Now, usually, and you might know this sort of experience, like in work, that's usually not good because things take a little bit longer uh, than you want them to, or and then somebody else adds something to your. Yes. Panel, yeah. right? I'm going to sit and do this test. Mark, can I just have a word? Uh, yeah. Okay. But there's no white space. There's no room for yeah. that kind of putting stuff. It's this is just a life thing, anyway. Just create the space. Because if you've got no margin yeah, and things will run over, and therefore um, it's just going to. Create problems, so we have to we have to put margin into our lives. We have to put margin, you know, when we're creating plans for services. It's not just like, okay, well, we're going to do this like this, and then this time, because it's got no margin. So you have to try and build that in, so you've got room for things to to work and God to do what He needs to do. Mm -hmm. And I think on that, though, in the spiritual as well, is is having the space. And listen, you know, certainly for, for for us growing up, we heard a lot about read your Bible, pray. And you can actually feel guilty about it because I'm not reading enough and I know for the past six, seven months we've been doing Immerse as well and I hope that people have found ways to engage with the Bible and and that's really good. Like I I hope that's been helpful and obviously the, the How to Read the Bible course, Immerse groups and that kind of thing. But you don't need to do tons of it. There's no a magic thing that God's checking off. Like, have you done your three chapters a day? Now, on your how to re, uh, reading the Bible in a year plan, you might have that many. But, like, if that's just stressing you out and you're realizing I'm getting behind, slow it down. <laughs> yeah. God doesn't give you more grace for how many chapters you read. Because, actually, just slowing it down and reading a few verses, that you get something out of it. Now look, you can build it up, you can change, you can, and I like variety as well, so sometimes I might want to read more in a particular time, and sometimes I want to read less, but just, just create that space. And I guess on this as well, just to reiterate, just to say, that, that rest is a part of that. Yeah. Sabbath is a part of that rhythm of life, as much as your prayer and your Bible reading and yeah. attending church and being involved, but actually rest Rest. (laughs) we're not necessarily always good at that actually I'm just gonna slow down have some time and again where we are kind of uh, 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 maybe it is just me but certainly again in church experience sort of driven for well God we want to see you move and we want to see people come and get saved and we want to see God break through that actually we end up taking more responsibility than we should Mm. and actually hey God, God, God can work through us, yes, but there's all of us here, <laughs> and if we all play our part, you know, it's not like I'm, in that sense, indispensable to the kingdom. You know, I can have, I can have a day off, yeah. um, and, but I think we sometimes feel, oh, no, got to be there, got to do it, got to keep going, got to, and, and we have this sense of drivenness for the kingdom rather than serving and enjoying being in the kingdom yeah. does that make sense like yeah, i definitely. think it's that that challenge that tension of yes we know god we want your kingdom to come but at the same time i know that i'm not indispensable to all of this you know like i have to keep working all the yeah. time because actually god you are you are king you are lord overall
0: yeah. not me <laughs> yeah <definitely. laughs> Thankfully. And The goodness for a whole host of reasons yeah. that is really good news not just for mark but for all of us yeah um Speaking of margins, I'm conscious that we're rapidly yeah yeah into yeah ours. we we, we um, we'll, so would you stand with us? Um, why don't you guys come and, and uh, play for us? And uh, and all we're going to do is I'd love to just pray for us. How does that sound? Has that been helpful this morning? There's going to be a few different things happening over August, like we've said, a bit of a different feel and flavour and all that sort of stuff. Um, But this is, we wanted to just give some space for a a more open conversation than we're perhaps used to. Um, What we're going to be running over the rest of August is tag preachers, so we're going to be having two speakers, they're going to be working together. It's going to be a slightly more um, orchestrated format over the next few weeks, but Mark and I just wanted to kind of, uh, just I guess, reflect back and kind of tease some other things out for us. Has that been all right? Fantastic. Why don't you just close your eyes where you are? Lord Jesus. You are the greatest of storytellers, the greatest of story writers, Um, so simple and yet so profound. Lord God, as you continue to lead us and call us into the things that you have for us, would you help us to keep things simple, to not overcomplicate things, to not add more into our soil than is needed. Would you help us through prayer and through spiritual practices to just begin to sift through the stuff in our soil? Would you give us courage to engage in maybe new practices for the first time or courage to have difficult conversations with with people, whether that be friends or professionals? Would you give us courage? But more than all of that, Lord Jesus, would you guide us by your grace? Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.